Welcome to Unscripted, your weekly podcast featuring Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, where they talk about all things promotional, marketing, and branding. As always, it's brought to you by Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. to episode number, I don't know, 14, 15, 16. I have no idea. I don't keep count. We are killing I it. Am, I, I, what? I'm, what? Huh? We're killing it. We are killing it. Uh, I am Bill Petrie, and with me always is my good pal Kirby Hossman. Kirby, it is my tradition to ask, how the hell are you? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. Uh, living the dream, as it were. So uh, things are good in my world here in Ohio. Beautiful, beautiful fall uh, weather. How about you, bud? Is it crisp fall weather? It is definitely crisp. It, it, like that. Yeah, and like as you that. know, as you know, it, it's so funny because fall is one of those uh, seasons that is a lot of people's favorite season. And oh, there's a lot of pumpkin spice to be had. Isn't that's there? right, a lot of pumpkin spice, and it's funny because it is. It, though you know, certainly days like today, it's it's beautiful out. But I always think of that cold. November rainy day. That's what I think of when uh, I think of fall. So it's not not necessarily my favorite time of year because I know what's are, coming next. Are you thinking when you, when you think of a cold November rain? Yes. Do you actually stand up and start swaying back and forth like one Axl Rose singing yes. in a cold November rain? <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize I was going to get you to sing today. So that's, that's I didn't realize it either. Well, why don't we why don't we move forward are you ready to get going yeah absolutely let's do it after i just butchered uh axel rose um first of all before we start kirby i want to thank you for having the courage to do this podcast with me today wow yeah you're welcome <laughs> why, why I, I love that you have no idea where i'm going yeah, I, I, so had an interesting uh, blog post this week this week i kind of went off on a little rant yeah. on monday on my blog uh, yep. about millennials. And I want to kind of clarify that because some people took it the way I intended and some people didn't take it the way I intended. And, and I blame me for that more than anybody else. Sure. So I, I wrote the blog. I've always been a fan of millennials and mainly the way millennials challenge the way people currently think. I, mm. I really love that. But lately I've been hearing from some millennials who like to put anybody who's not in that generational group in a box mm. saying, well, no one from that group ever wants to change or they're not progressive or Gen Xers have no idea what they're doing. And I took exception to that and I the point of my blog on Monday was to essentially say hey just because you're millennial doesn't mean you're automatically a disruptor it doesn't automatically mean that you're a forward thinker all it means is that you're in a certain age group <laughs> and so to me in any more than just because I'm a member of generation X mm -hmm. does that mean I'm not adaptive to change when I'm not someone who is willing to upset the apple cart. And I guess my point was I know marketers need the labels of generations. You have the greatest generation and generation X and millennials and generation Y, whatever the next one is. But I think the millennial, um, the millennial label for me 
is more of a way of thinking than really an age group. And I have to commend Seth Barnett from PPAI, who is the diversity manager at PPAI, who I've, I've known for about three or four years and, 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 and pretty good friends with. And yeah. he wrote a very thoughtful, at least what I thought, and I guess it's for other people to judge, but a very thoughtful response to my blog, which ended up being my guest blog on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I encourage people to read both of those. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, Seth and I are talking about doing, and I think we will do, a, a, hopefully a Promo Kitchen podcast mm-hmm. where he and I discuss kind of the gener- working together across generations, which I'm looking forward to. But I wanted to get your perspective as I waste about six minutes of the preamble here. I want to get your perspective on I, I know you read the blogs. I want to get your perspective on millennials and the way they think and you know your generation X2 and the way we think and how we can work together. Yeah, no, it's what's what's funny about it, um, Bill, in my opinion, is um What's funny is that, first of all, this was sort of going to be one of my topics today, too. So we were on the same page. Um, Oh! Yeah, right? Um, And and my takeaway from this is pretty simple. And it's funny because I had a pet peeve the opposite way. And it was, was, um, you know, whether it was baby boomers and um, Gen Xers, essentially generalizing about millennials. And I, I like the, my takeaway is simply that we really need to stop thinking of top, stop equating mindset with age. Um, and stop and that's exactly what my point was yeah. just from a different perspective. Yeah. Because again, the, I'm tired of hearing that, you know, millennials are always, um, entitled and, you know, not, you know, willing to put in work. And because again, it's simply painting with that broader brush always <laughs> – there's a generalization. Um, yeah, but usually. It is not going to be indicative of every person in that generation, in that group or whatever. And so it, it, it drives me crazy both ways to be totally me, honest me. with you. It's no. like if, if you're a baby boomer, that does not mean and, um, that you are unable to be good with technology. It's, it, but yet I think that's the broad brush that's being painted right now um, by the younger generation. And so it, both every group of generations really needs to stop generalizing about the others. Agreed. And, and that's exactly the perspective I was coming from because I even linked in my blog post on Monday to a blog I wrote a year and a half ago, which was in defense of millennials. Yeah. And so I, I agree. And, and the, so the word – I'd like to, instead of saying, you know, people from Gen X aren't savvy with technology or people who are in the millennial generation are inherently lazy and feel entitled, I think if you use the word some in front of those statements, that's accurate. Right. Both ways. There are some people in Gen X who are lazy sons of bitches. Gots to be honest with you. I know some of them. You know some of them. Sure. Some of you are listening. Because you're supposed to be working while you're listening to that scripture. <laughs> so while you, but that's okay though. That's allowed. Right. But my point is, you're right. We, it's so easy to paint with those broad strokes, and so I understand. You know, where one thing I'll disagree with Seth. Um, Seth had said in his blog that he feels that uh, millennials are easily the most hated generation. I completely disagree. 
Um, I think every young generation yes. is hated. Yes. Uh, because, you know, as, a, as growing up as a Gen Xer and getting things that my parents didn't have, because that's really the way we measure this stuff, right? Right. Um, I had cable TV. And I had different access to things that my parents didn't have. And I remember my dad saying, you know, your generation seriously isn't going to isn't going to amount to shit because you watch too much MTV. Yeah, it's well, I guess that's it's funny because I feel like in observing, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it in the sense that I mean, like, I just feel like this has happened over and over again. You know, each generation looks at back at 20 years. Yeah. The next one and says, gosh, they they just don't know how good they've got it and they don't work uh, and they don't – I mean it's it's it, over and over. In defense of millennials and then we can move on. In defense of millennials, it is the youngest generation's responsibility to make every other generation feel like they're ruining it for all of us. <laughs> right? I mean it, it really is. It's their – it's very much a, a – a, the youngest generation's job is to push the envelope. Sure. It really is. And it's the older generations to say, maybe that envelope needs to be pushed, but maybe here's some reasons why it shouldn't be from that experience perspective. So it's an interesting conversation, and, and I thought it was a good one to start off with today, yeah. Kirby. So I'm, I'm sorry I stole one of your topics. Do you have another one you'd like to discuss, or do I need to go into my bag of tricks? No, actually – I, I, I I'm going to go off of what – but one of the things that I get asked a lot – so this is sort of an off topic, but it's based on what we just discussed – is you know, you and I talk around the country really about content, creating content. Correct. And um, you know, one of the questions you get, right, is when you say, well, what is good content? How do I create content? That sort of thing. And what, what this makes me think of is the best content has an opinion. Um, has a point of view. So many times you put content out there and it's kind of like, well, you know, if it's vanilla, it's not going to be shared. One of, one of the things that um, uh, Seth Godin talks about when he, he says, look, if you want to be remarkable, you have to be remarked about. And right. so what you did with that blog is you took a point of view and you had an opinion and it got people talking. So that's the best kind of content. And so I, it was totally off off topic a little bit, but it was, that's what popped into my head. No, I, I agree. And, and actually it's funny because I, I, I printed it out. I wrote it. It was one of those blogs I wrote in like four minutes, which yeah. are usually my best ones. And I handed it to my wife and I said, take a look at this. And she looked at it. She read it. She goes, man, you sound really angry. I don't know if I'd send this. And when she said that, I'm like, I'm not changing a thing. I know. <laughs> I'm exactly heading down the right path. Right. Yeah. Because you had an opinion. It's good. But, but, but you're right. I mean, from a content, you know, I, I write a lot, as you know, that's my main uh, content that I do. And I do still sometimes fall, feel like I fall in the trap of, I don't want to say vanilla, and I don't even want to say obvious, but sometimes they're very – sometimes my blogs tend, can be very pleasant. Yes, the, the points are accurate, yeah. but I'm not really I'm not really breaking any new ground, nor am I challenging anyone's way of thinking. And so I need to – I don't want to say force myself, but I need to challenge myself to do the things like I did on Monday because I love the fact – like I said, that Seth Barnett, who's who's you know in charge of kind of getting millennials involved in the industry from PPAI's perspective, and I love the fact that he took the time to to write such a thoughtful response, yeah. and that it's blossomed into a, a blog post that that went out on Thursday, which was great because that means I didn't have to write one. For that 
<laughs> yeah, the best kind of content creates content for you to post. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so I it, the the I next got another one. You, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, and again, sometimes you go on Facebook and you stumble across something in the promotional products professional section that uh, makes you angry. Sometimes it makes you think, "What an idiot!" Sometimes it makes you think, "Wow, I see that type of thought." is way too pervasive. And, okay. and, the, and the one I'm about to talk about is the latter, and I want to get your take on it. I see a lot of distributors who are still selling from a, a, a place of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a topic that was put in earlier this week on the promotional products page okay. talking about how a distributor was beside herself because the order acknowledgement, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, it was a, I'm sorry, it was the packing list. Excuse me, the packing list had the supplier's name all over it. Hmm. Okay. And she was wondering she she had gone back to this particular supplier. I think it was Leeds, and, and the, whoever the customer service person, and it doesn't sound like they handled it all that well. Basically said, well, we're not going to do that. You fix it. That's not what I want to talk about. Right. My, so, so yes, she could, you know, take take a, uh, uh, a an invoice, uh, you know, an electronic packing list, or whatever, change things up, whatever she wanted to do. But the point is, the distributor is so concerned that the dist- the supplier's name is available to the end user, right? That she was burning all sorts of calories worrying about it, mm. and. To me, that's just selling from a place of fear. Sure. To me, that's a distributor. Essentially, I know I offer no additional value beyond being a <laughs> conduit to a supplier who to provides and decorates merchandise. And I really wish, as a group, and not all distributors are this way. I do not want to paint with that broad of a brush, but a good portion, and I would even argue a, a, a simple majority of distributors, sell from that place of fear. That I need to protect this, I need to protect that, and they're doing it in an era where information is so cheap, so easy to access via the internet. I, I don't even understand selling from a place of fear. And so, since you're still an active distributor, very much so, I want to get your take on that. Yeah, no, it. You know, it's it's one of those things that it's tough, right? Because I think we are living, and we've kind of talked about this in the past, we're living through a time of change. And so I think many distributors, I, I, I hope, I'd like to think I'm one of them, are are sort of embracing the idea of partnership in more than just words, right? So right. this week is our um, customer appreciation show, trade show deal. And yeah, I know. I got to get up there to do that one time. Yeah, really I, th- I would love that. And um, But it it's an end user show. And what's interesting to me is, you know, um, I think we sort of embraced the idea of the end user show pretty early. There were a lot of, there are a lot of end user shows now, right? Um, maybe I would, uh, some would argue maybe even too many. Maybe. Um, maybe not. I'm not saying, I'm just, I agree with you. It has grown and I think it's a very effective tool for both distributors and suppliers, but I don't want to interrupt your point. Please. No, it's fine. But I, I think even at the time when I started doing it, which was gosh, 10, 11, 12 years ago, it was really weird, <laughs> you know, from both sides. I think sure. even some suppliers were were uncomfortable at first with it. 
Um, and I think that, but we have always kind of gone through, we're doing business with suppliers that we inherently trust. Um, mm -hmm. and with that, I'm comfortable being more transparent than some distributors are. Um, I mean, I understand the fear. I mean, it's how we make our living. We don't want that to be upset, but I think that, you know, as you said, you know, uh, the world has changed. And if you don't know that, it's going to be a real painful surprise. And so Agreed. we need to embrace it and figure out ways that we can add value in different ways, but exactly. also really partner with those people that you do trust, right? I mean, if, if, the, if one supplier doesn't handle things the, the way that you want to do it, don't buy from them anymore. No, partner, I, I couldn't agree more. Suppliers that you trust. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's just it's just not worth the, the calorie burn to sell from a place of fear because when you sell from that place of fear, first of all, uh, clients are like dogs. They know it, right? <laughs> dogs can smell fear, so can clients. And number two, you spend all your time worrying about things that you can't control. And when you spend that time worrying about things you can't control, you end up not being um, progressive. Yeah. You end up really just trying to provide – stuff. So yeah, it, I want to get a shake on that. Well, and stuff. real quickly to your yeah. point, if you spend that same amount of calorie burn, that same amount of energy thinking about ways that you will, that you can help your client instead, mm -hmm. you probably will. Yeah. It's the same thing. You had the kid in eighth grade who spent more time preparing to cheat on the test than people did uh, actually actually uh, uh, trying to study for the test. Yeah. You know? totally. they, the results are usually better when you study for the test than when you try to cheat on the test. Totally, totally. All right, um, I've got one, and we can okay, do it away. quick. Um, I get the question a lot, and it's fun. I've, I've answered it in different places, but I think my answer keeps evolving on this, is I get questions about productivity. Um, a lot. How do you get stuff done? How do you create as much content as you do? And I know you get the same question. And so I thought it was one that we could address. Um, any tips we have for productivity, any tips we have for just getting things accomplished. And I've got a couple written down, but I thought I would, uh, run, run that by you. If you have this any is a pop quiz, yeah, this right? is a pop quiz. And I don't like it. Kirby Hossaman. I don't like it at all. Well, let, go me, ahead. let me give you mine. How about that? No, I'll go ahead. Give me yours and then, then yeah, give me a second to formulate some yeah, thoughts. Yeah, so, so, you know, just again, how do you get as much done as you want to get done kind of question. And, and so I kind of have three little things here. And number one, and I probably don't give credit enough on this, but I've got a really great team. So, mm. you know, when we create content, you know this, um, yeah. though I, I often edit the podcast. I've got Dustin downstairs who helps me with the podcast and delivering marketing joy. And we've got several other folks, you know, internally that help us get things done and we assign it that way. So I want to give credit to them. Sure. The other thing, and I, I, I my hunch is you're going to agree with this one, is we schedule it. This, this podcast is a great example. I mean, we do it every week because it's on the calendar. We've made a point. You have done a good job of, you know, scheduling it in the calendar so it gets done. Um, you know, the right. day gets away from you if you don't. So right. schedule the things that you want to accomplish. And then, and this is, I think, the most underrated, undervalued of it is I take action. Mm -hmm. I do, you know, if I have a weakness, I, I'm a little bit ready, fire, aim, but because I'm comfortable if I put out a blog post or something that isn't good, it's not the end of the world. I think right. so many people overthink 
everything. <laughs> and so right. in other words, they never, um, they never accomplish as much as they would have if they just would have done it when they thought about it. Grant Cardone made a, made a, an example. I'm just thinking of this right now, but he talked about how fear is a little bit like fire mm-hmm. and yeah, well, and the, in, with fire, what you do is you add oxygen and the fire gets bigger, right? Right. Or with fear, you add time. So if you mm-hmm. want to snuff out fear, take action immediately. And so oh, I like that. Yeah. So those are my three. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I, I am a team of one yeah, I know. besides my dog right. and cr- frankly, not as good on the computer as I had hoped. So, <laughs> you know, unfortunately I'm kind of on my own there. So I'm going to agree with you on team, although I don't have a team from a scheduling perspective. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, my, my, I'm very time sensitive. I, I, that's just the way I'm wired, hardwired from being born. Um, if, if someone tells me to be somewhere at nine o'clock, I'm there at eight fifty. That's right. just how I'm wired. I have severe time issues. Um, so I do schedule my blog. It goes out at the same time every Monday and Thursday. And that makes, it just makes it easier for me to be organized and know I have deadlines. Um, I also agree with you take action. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a great one. One thing, one of the things I think that makes me, as productive as I am, is I embrace silence. It's very tempting. I work from home, so it's very tempting to have music on in the background or, uh, you know, a, a radio show or things like that. When I need to get stuff done, I it is dead silent. Even if my kids are home or family are home, I will put on noise canceling headphones with nothing on, <laughs> because I find that my brain does so much more accurate mental gymnastics and I am so much more uh, proficient in terms of what I can produce, whether it's a, a form for a client or you know whatever evaluation I'm doing, it doesn't really matter. I really embrace that silence and I think as a society we've really gotten away from that. That's really good. You know, there's a there's a reason why most people's best ideas come in the shower. Right. Or when you're running, if you're running without a music because you don't have that constant barrage of input to deal with and your brain can actually just kind of float and go into wonderful bizarre places which honestly that's a good thing yeah no that's really good that's that's a great piece of advice bill especially off the top of your head so um that's good man hey um i think it's worthy since we are getting close to the end here um yes did we want to thank the good people at Bay State? You know, I, as it turns out, Kirby, I do. Um, <laughs> I had a feeling you did. You know, there are people who embrace silence. And there are people who embrace quality merchandise. And when I think of that, Kirby, do you know who I think of? I, I would guess Bay State. <sighs> Give that man a prize. Yes, Kirby, I do think of Bay State. We definitely want to make sure we th- um, for being this week's sponsor of Unscripted, the good people at Bay State Specialty Company, as I think by most, I think most people at this point know right. that Bay State provides a truly innovative line of healthcare, housewares, desk, and office promotional products. And of course, you can visit them by using either your desktop Google machine or your portable Google machine. Mm, I love it by just typing in the simple word BayState.com. Baystate.com. And in, in the wonderful world of Bay State promotional products, it opens up like a wonderful book of rainbows. That's what I think of. <laughs> a wonderful book of rainbows, Kirby. I dig it. I dig it. As always, you you are like a, uh, a poet. 
for sure. Well, uh, I might be a poet, but I, I think I proved earlier I'm not a singer, and I promise each and every <laughs> listener I will never, ever try to sing Guns N' Roses again. Now, Kirby, uh, real quick, I know we're at the end of our thing, and I, we just said our thanks. So next week, um, I am going to be off-site, so we're going to have to do – I'm going to be in Dallas at a Leadership Development Workshop for PPAI. So maybe we'll do an, maybe we'll do some of man-on-the-street interviews where I can always ask my favorite question of people, who are you and what is it you do that makes you famous? I dig it. I dig it. And um, I, I enjoyed the, the productivity thing. I'd be curious to hear from our listeners um, what tips they have too. I, I actually would too, and I'd also like to hear from. You know, we have a wide variety of age groups of people who I actually know listen to this podcast, so yes. I'd really love to get their thoughts on how to work cross generationally. It's not about who does it better, faster, smarter, quicker, but how can we work together? Because I will tell you, as a Gen Xer, I've learned so much from millennials, and I know a lot of millennials who learn from Gen Xers and baby boomers as well. So it goes both ways. So. We'd love to have the feedback. And as always, Kirby, a pleasure chatting with you, and I hope everybody enjoys this episode of Unscripted. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corner's Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals.